Okay, everybody. I have something really cool to tell you about. If you haven't heard yet about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain here. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will uh, distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one single place. Now, the way that you can do this is you got to download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm. And then you can get started. It's really fun. We just switched over recently here at All Too Real 2, and I'm enjoying it so far. So be sure to check it out and uh, let us know what you think. Hey everybody, welcome to the latest episode of All Too Real All Two. My name is Michael E. Collin the second, and with me via the interwebs or something is Matthew Um Uh Haas. Did you forget your last name? I was gonna change it again, but I forgot what to change it to, so Oh, okay. That's not just gonna good. keep it. Just yeah. keep it as Matthew Haas. For now. Okay. If you decide to change it any time during the podcast, let me know. I I probably will, so. Okay. <coughs> so today on our show, we're revisiting one of our favorite movies from the nineties. The nineteen ninety eight teen comedy Can't Hardly Wait which is a film that was directed by Deborah Kaplan and Henry Elfant, who also both wrote the script. Um, And it stars a big ensemble cast that includes Ethan Embry, Charlie um, Cosmo, Lauren Ambrose, Peter Facinelli, Seth Green, Jennifer Love Hewitt, among a bazillion other people. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. So, um, yeah. Yeah. We, we've just decided that we're going to venture down the road of <clears throat> some movies that are so- somewhat overlooked, but also good. You know, they're not like the the most remembered from this time, but this one's pretty well remembered, though. I mean, it's uh, got a pretty big uh, cult following. Yeah, this one is um, kind of, well, it was, it was kind of famous during its time as well when it came out. Mm-hmm. 
<clears throat> I mean, it, it did make uh, $25 million at the box office, which, <clears throat> well, there you, you know, go. yeah. For a teen comedy at that time, is, isn't bad. Yeah, yeah, ninety eight. This is this was before not another teen movie came out and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, well, not another teen <laughs> movie was making fun of this one in certain points too. So pretty yeah. much, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and this was kind of around the American Pie time and stuff like that too. I think maybe right before it. To yeah, remember. I think it was right yeah. before because yeah. that American Pie came out in nineteen ninety nine. I think and yeah, this came out the summer before maybe like a year before which is interesting you can sort of tell because i don't know it's got that 90s feeling again kind of like with bond water but bond water was more of like a kind of an art film type of kind of Mm -hmm. but this is more uh mainstream yeah but uh it really does have that like mid to late 90s kind of like i like to call it basically like nostalgia before they're even having being nostalgic about something it's kind of got like this um I don't know how to explain it. <laughs> like, um, yeah, it's like a, it's almost like a throwback to, in certain ways, like a, the John Hughes type films and stuff of that nature, but set in the 90s, you know. Yeah, like, um, and I, I just want to say really quick, because um, before I forget, but, um, <clears throat> you know, like, I, I'll watch, like, movies from, like, the 70s or whatever, and I'll, and, like, the whole that whole thing will kind of feel like nostalgia to me, like, but like before my time, because everything came before my time. So like, you know, I'm hearing like, you know, music from like Jimi Hendrix or whatever, you know, and I'm like, Oh man, like, you know, everything's set in the seventies or whatever. And then I watched, you know, this movie and I'm like thinking like, Oh, that song that they're playing came out the year that this movie itself came out as, and I'm sitting there thinking like, it's a totally different feeling for me because like I like I saw the movie and heard those songs at the same exact time in my life. Yeah. And it had a totally different feeling than like watching like a movie from the early seventies that has like Jimi Hendrix in there because both of those things are kind of retro to me at the same time. But at that time though, that Jimi Hendrix song was only like two years old before it got in that movie or whatever. Yeah. I mean, that's, it's it, it's 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 like the, it's funny like with this though like the the soundtrack, is basically like if I were to make a period piece right now for that time. And create a soundtrack for the move for, for that movie that I'm making about that time, I would probably just use this soundtrack. Right. Well, exactly. It's yeah. it is. I mean, like Smash Mouth, they played two of their songs. Yeah, hey, I mean, you got like uh, Smash Mouth, Eve Six. Uh, there was like uh, I don't know. There was bunch of different you know 90s bands in there from that time period blink 182 different things like that yeah 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 blink 182 yeah eve six that was the beginning song in the intro yeah eve six song and um of course barry manilow but that was the retro part for that movie yeah because uh, that was you know mandy okay yeah anyway i just, I just want to throw that out oh also too before i forget <clears throat> because I'm, I must be doing like these weird like inception like things to myself without knowing about it because like I was watching you know DC Star Girl, and then that gave that gave me the idea to watch Bond Water probably because they both have Luke Wilson, but also 
watching Baumwater may have gotten me gave me the idea to pick this one because at the very end of the movie, both movies have a UFO floating above two people at the very end. I don't know if that was a '90s thing too or what, but yeah, and thought that was interesting. Don't worry, it's not a plot spoiler. It's got nothing to do with the movie. But plus, uh, Peter Facinelli was on Supergirl, so there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, he was? Yeah, like the uh, first season or something. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Um, the, the, like the really wealthy dude, right? Yeah, the, he was like Lord or something was his last name, I think. I'm trying to remember. Yeah. Plus, uh, he was also in um, The Big Kahuna. It's a really good movie. Oh, yeah. That's an awesome movie. Regardless, been, regardless, of, the, like, regardless of the fact that uh, Kevin Spacey's in it. Well, yeah, he's a piece of shit, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, Kevin oh. Spacey is a piece of shit. Yep. <clears throat> but that was a good movie. <laughs> it's a great movie. Danny DeVito's in it. Uh, the other guy is. <laughs> I can't think it was Peter Facinelli. <laughs> there you go. Yes, uh, him. The him. guy we just he's in a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yes. He's, a, he's, a, he's, a, he's in a lot of good stuff. He's a good, great actor. Uh, yeah. He, I mean, he's probably yeah. best known for the for playing Carlisle Cullen in the uh, Twilight movies. Really? i never seen those movies, so I didn't, I didn't know that. I've only seen one of them. Oh. And that's all I'll see. Um, anyways, <laughs> um, for the movie that stole my family name. Anyways. Yep, um, <laughs> pretty much. Yes. Yep. Damn them. God, you know what? I wouldn't doubt it, though, because <clears throat> the, the author of those... Um, uh, I think it was the author of those books... Um, pretty much stole like a bunch of like fan like fiction stuff like they were a part of like i think she was part of some like group where they'd like write like fan theories about stuff or whatever well i i don't know no i've actually heard that uh 50 shades of gray started out as a uh, twilight oh, twilight okay, fan never mind. yeah never yeah. Mind. yeah that's, that's a totally different thing yeah I've, yeah i've heard about that 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 like that, that story was like a weird like fan fiction of like <laughs> And then it just kind of, whatever, scratch, scratch it. That was totally stupid. But uh, <laughs> but either way, she stole my family name. Anyways. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes. So um, this this movie, um, it, it's, it's pretty cool because, I mean, it deals with, uh, it's, uh, I mean, it takes place at a graduation party a lot like a lot of, like, you know, 80s movies and stuff. And then... Um, it's basically dealing with a lot of stereotypes, though, but still. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it is very dated. I had noticed that about, like, and it, it wasn't, like, lampshading either. It wasn't, like, winking at it. Like, it was, like, they weren't really conscious of, like, yeah. the fact that, like, the whole, like, basically, like, the whole, like, Jennifer for Love Hewitt character is, like, pretty much, like, she pretty much, like, exists, like, to be someone's love interest like they got their whole she has no whole, personality like, whatsoever in the movie yeah yeah she doesn't know like there's no offense to jennifer love hewitt but it's just like her character is very like uh just like a blank slate it's, like even mm-hmm. how she looked like she's not smiling or frowning it's just like a blank like you know i mean at least we had <laughs> lauren ambrose's character to actually have a female character who had a personality the, yeah um, you know the the um what was her character's name? The, uh, um, Denise, the, 
Yeah. Yeah, De- Denise, yeah, she she's like kind of like the like <clears throat> I don't know what you call her. It's like the the person who's not really a part of any kind of tribe in high school at all. She's just like her own yeah. person. Like and she kind of like she kind of has like elements of like a bunch of different various like alternative like cliques, but she's not part of any of them herself. Like she's just her own, you know, her own person. Yeah. Like most people really are. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, yeah, no, it's true. I mean, I mean you know, that's what I'm saying because I mean there are cliques <laughs> in high school. Don't get me wrong. Um, I belong to a couple myself, but the thing is, it was just kind of well, mainly one. But um, I was a, <laughs> I was a theater nerd. But um, the uh, the whole thing, it's like basically, you know, within those groups, people have their own personalities. It's not like everybody that's a theater nerd is exactly the same or everybody that's a goth is exactly the same or everybody that's a you know jock is exactly the same you know it's just kind of people have personalities <laughs> right yeah exactly but jennifer love hewitt's character didn't um anyways <laughs> no she didn't she just she's didn't. like the, the least developed character in the whole movie it's all about her yeah i mean kind of in a way i mean it's really about preston but it's it's revolves yeah. around his Again, kind of creepy obsession because, mm-hmm. I mean, like, think about it, you know, you've been obsessed with this one girl. Like, this movie was made right now. Like, this could have been, like, some really, like, scary, like, incel story. Like, oh, yeah. could have gone a whole different way. <laughs> like, you know, like. Well, well it's, it's like, a, um, it's like I was listening to, um, I think it was, oh, who was it? I can't remember. There was a stand up who was talking about it he was talking about how you hear all these like stories about how your uh grandparents met and it's like well i i waited outside that bus stop for your grandma for a hundred days and asked her to marry me every day <laughs> yeah that's right yeah right now you would call the cops on that guy but, exactly. but people look back on that as a romantic story but it's like yeah you basically willed your grandmother into submission to <laughs> It's scary when you think about, well, most of us have probably been, well, most of us have literally would not have been here without, you know, rape or incest or, I mean, it's, it's fucking scary. Really. I know. And you wonder why the world's so messed up. Well, this is like all the sins of the past are upon us. And like, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> I mean, I hate, hate to get all bleak there, but. But it's very true. I mean, but there are a lot. I, I do hear a lot of those stories. It's like, you know, I, I, I worked with your grandmother and, you know, every day I, I would I would buy her a Hershey's kiss. And then, you know, she kept saying, no, I don't like you. And then one day she just kind of gave in and said, yeah, let's get married. Yeah. And then you're like, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's kind of creepy. Grandpa, thanks. Um, <laughs> it kind of reminds me of this uh, joke of John Stewart. You know, from the Daily Show once said where he was talking about like how like you know like his his grandfather never really you know spoke that much or whatever. So like whenever you know they'd be like having like family dinners or whatever, and he wanted to say something like you know everyone would like get really quiet you know because you know they think he's gonna like you know tell some profound story or whatever. And he'd just be like you, you know the Chinese are really sneaky. He's like oh god like no. Like, <laughs> It's like okay. Oh, no. Grandpa, you're so cute. Wait, you know, it's like, yeah, it's like okay, let's let's uh, let's go back to. You know, yeah. Uh, That's why Grandpa stays quiet all the time. Yeah, exactly. It's like, 
anyway, anyway, yeah, so good good movie though, good movie. Yeah, I mean it, it's good for what it is, but there really isn't a lot of character development on a lot of these yeah. characters. I mean, because like basically most of the characters are pretty one note. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is just my, you know, honest opinion. I mean, I love the movie, but it's just you know, it's it's a movie of its time. Definitely. I mean, Preston's kind of a one-note character, even though he's the main one. Um, you got the, you know, you got the stereotypical, you know, white guy who, quote, thinks he's black, which in of itself is kind of racist because you're assuming that all black people talk the way that he's imitating, you know? So it's like, yeah. <laughs> it's like, wait, what are you saying then? Because that's kind of whatever. And then, uh, <laughs> And then you got him and his his two buddies who are just like so obnoxious about it. Like, uh, at one point though, they do drop the the end bomb, and then like the black people chase him away. So that was nice. Yeah, you know? at least they had that. Yeah, at least they had that. <laughs> well, they they didn't do the hard R, but it doesn't really matter. <laughs> Still. <laughs> uh, yeah, it does, yeah, it doesn't matter really. <laughs> at least they had a commentary not, not, on it, sorta. Yeah, a little bit. Um, the the record scratch that whole thing, you know, like yeah. <laughs> then you have your stereotypical nerds. Yeah. You know, they, 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 they love their Star Trek and their Star Wars. Which is funny. Much so. Which is funny because now everybody loves Star Trek and Star Wars. But anyways, we'll just like <laughs> Well that's it's that's the big bane fact. This was pre Big Bane and it was pretty much that's that's what that show was, was those three guys. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> and it's just Oh god, I hate that show. Anyways, um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> screw you for making me think of it. No, I'm joking. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, the, but it, it's, it, they um, you know, like even in the credits, like they, they obviously know that they're doing stereotypical people because people are named things like X File Guy One. <laughs> X-File Guy 2, Girlfriend 1, Girlfriend 2, Girlfriend 3, Jock 1, Jock 2, you know, things like that. It's like, there's a, I mean, there's even a character in the credits named Ready to Have Sex Girl. (laughs) And then the other one is Ready to Have Sex Girl's Friend. <clears throat> no, that's kind of cool. Self, a little bit self awareness. Yeah. I didn't get. I didn't catch that. I mean, I did catch the X Files <laughs> thing, but I thought that was because that's that's like what they were mainly were talking about. Well, yeah. X Files. Yeah, it's, when it's, they were. It's just funny. I'm I'm just reading the credits here right now on Wikipedia, and it's just that's what they are. It's like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good old X Files. I missed that show. That was really popular during that time. Yeah. That was right before it went off the air. I mean, like a couple years or so before it did. Yep. I mean, there was even the line at one point where he's where where the the two nerdy guys say to, um. To Charlie Carson. William. Yeah, William, his yeah. character. Uh, yeah. Um, that that you know you kind of look like David Duchovny in this light. <laughs> yeah, he just kind of like he's like so like uh, he feels so like heartworn by that. Just kind of yeah. <laughs> he's like oh. <laughs> Yeah, that's a good character. That's a good character, though. He's kind of a one-note character, but he's a little bit more 
in depth a little bit though he at least has some development in there because he you know even yeah. though even though it's kind of giving you the message that to be cool you gotta drink exactly <laughs> yeah the more i think of this movie oh. matt i mean i love it but i'm just saying <laughs> oh that's what we do we're picking it apart but that's what we mm-hmm. do i mean we're not driving i mean anyone could just read wikipedia and, and read a description that's you know yeah uh, here we get the the colorful commentary from Mike and Matt. So, yes, who are they again? I don't know some some guys. Okay, when <laughs> when when do they start speaking? They start speaking um, when the group of Italian businessmen offer to sell them half an emerald mine. Oh, sorry, that's that's a different podcast. Uh, oh, okay. Behind the bastards, yo. Sorry. Anyways, I was um... listening to <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I want to make sure that I was that was from behind the bastards. I don't want to take credit for yes for that. <clears throat> Robert Evans, you're our hero. Yeah, good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, <laughs> no, um, the uh, so yeah, I mean, basically, I mean, I don't think we have to like go through the plot of this movie because it's kind of <clears throat> like we do normally, you know. Because if you've seen I the mean, movie, we... you kind of do, but we, you know. <laughs> You already we, know it. We can just take about 30 seconds. Basically, Preston, you know, he 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 was late for school one day, and then that was the day that she came to school for the first time. She, like, transferred from, like, a different school or whatever, and he, he thinks it's, like, a sign from God or whatever because he was never late to school before or after, and they were both eating the same Pop-Tart, the same flavor, and somehow he thought that that meant, like, they were fated to to be together and it never which, happened because which was like i think a strawberry frosted pop tart which is like probably the most popular flavor exactly it'd be one thing if it was like the really shitty like um cinnamon or yeah you know, or some, something some like weird that. one yeah but <laughs> brown sugar kind like the worst possible kind well, like, e- even those you know? sell well um the uh people but, like those for some reason i don't but oh, i mean yeah. i only like i, yeah, I, I only like strawberry and chocolate but yeah the uh but i mean like it, it would be like if they got one of these like you know weird uh limited edition flavors or something but no they were both eating <laughs> probably the most popular pop tart in the world right yeah strawberry yep. frosted yeah yep. both um you know both both frosted and strawberry and then <laughs> he he was the teacher you know asks if anyone would like to volunteer you know to basically like give her like a tour of the school and he was gonna raise his hand but then Mike Dexter like the big jock he gets to it first so there you go it's the whole plot of all oh, the jocks always get the girls before the nerds ah you know type of thing and yeah and they they dated for all high school but then he broke up with her right before graduation because he wants to he wants to be single while he's in college so he can sleep with any woman that he, he wants to basically and um and then Preston's idea is that he's going to hand deliver a fucking letter that he's been revising since freshman year in high school, which, again, is really creepy. Um, and yep. hope, <laughs> hopes that she'll read it and then she'll want to, like, at least, at the very least, go on, like, one date with them or something like that. Because he, he is, even though he is creepy, he's still he's still genuinely a nice guy. Like, he's, he's not the nice guy that will, like, turn on you if you say no like he he is sincere he won't he won't like you know change personalities like you know 
I don't know. His character wasn't really well developed, so we don't know. <laughs> exactly. We don't know. <laughs> exactly. Maybe he would have. I don't know. There's <laughs> an alternate alternate timeline where where you know Jennifer Love Hewitt ends up in his trunk of his car or something. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah. It would be, yeah. The horror version of this movie. Hardly wait. That's got like, this drone music in the background. Can't like, hardly wait. <laughs> <laughs> that would have worked because then that would have led right into I know he did last summer, which she starred in the next summer, and then oh yeah, there you go. That would be that'd be <laughs> continuum right there. So I wonder if there's anybody out there like I think you could take clips from this movie and recut a trailer for it as a horror movie. I'm sure you could. If, I mean, they if, did it for Mrs. Outfire. Yeah, <laughs> if, if, I, I might do that sometime. But if anybody else wants to do that and share it with us, please do. Or if you know of anybody that's already done it, please share it with us because right. i would love to see that <laughs> that'd be yeah, awesome please yeah um do you want to take a quick break here matt and then uh, we'll talk more about the movie in a minute sure okay we'll be right back folks hi folks this is michael lee calling the second from the podcast that you're listening to right now along with manager matthew haas you got promoted yes damn it okay anyways um folks uh do you like the show superstore I don't know. I asked the folks and nobody's answering well, me. Because they're not here. Oh, but we love damn it. it. Yeah, we love it, though. Okay, folks, if you like it as much as we do, you're really going to like the Super Story podcast, which is a podcast where Matthew and I go uh, episode by episode and give our little opinions and thoughts on it. Uh, sometimes we have guests. Sometimes we don't. Um, just depends on how we're feeling. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so if you like this podcast and like our little crazy banter then you should definitely check this out. Or I might get sad. And when I get sad, it gets pretty sad. Yeah, so I can't deal with him when he's sad. Yeah, no one can, really. So, um, yeah. So, so check out uh, Super Story Podcast right here where you get this podcast, Super Story Podcast. <laughs> and we are back, folks. Um, so, yeah. Uh, basically, yeah, then, I mean, the plot goes from there where uh, he's trying to, you know trying to give her this letter and then what else happens here matt i'm trying to i'm blanking <clears throat> uh no you're good a lot of stuff happens a lot of filler stuff um well i mean there's there's a couple b plots but like you got like the uh you got um oh, what's his name i forgot his name uh jesse um seth green's character i forgot his name um, oh uh, scott kenny kenny right yeah, yeah Ken kenny, kenny fisher yeah, Kenny Fisher. So he's 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 determined to to have sex um, before college. So it's like it's kind of like a super bad thing, but that's just his his B plot. Um, and he's um, you know he 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 kind of thinks he's all at, all that, or he just pretends to think he is to impress people. And um, he's not having any luck. And it's and right when he's about to, his buddies show up, and he wants to pretend like he's just chilling out it's not not too desperate so you know they kind of they kind of you know bust his balls a little bit so then he just walks away from them and then he's kind of kind of sulking in his in a chair and then he overhears this this woman uh you know student talk about that she heard a rumor that her boyfriend um cheated on her so she was she was gonna sleep with the next guy who even talked to her not not even hit on her so then he yeah, i believe he that was ready to have sex girl 
That was probably what. Yeah, that's probably <laughs> who it was. Ready to have? I bet you that's what it was. And um, who 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 it was? Yeah, not what it was. Oh, okay, that's that's. Yeah, that's it was. Great. It was uh, Nicole uh, Bilderback is the actress's name. Just okay. Her, just want to give yeah. her credit as a real name. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, as a real person with yeah. with a uh, heart and yeah, exactly. And, uh, <laughs> so he, of course, for comedic effect, like you know, Chevy Chase falls off his chair right after she says that, and he, you know, jumps up and he's like trying to be all, you know, suave or whatever and impressive, and and you know, she's like. You know, he, she's crying and stuff, and he's like, well, what, what can I do to stop you from crying? You're too beautiful to cry, all that kind of bullshit. So she's like, can you meet me by the pool house? And he's like, sure, but he wants to go to the bathroom to, like, make sure. Because he's got this whole, like, pleasure chest in his backpack that he's got, like, candles and, you know, and all this kind of stuff. So he wants to, like, you know, basically, like, prepare. <laughs> right, right after he leaves, she just goes, he'll, he'll do, you know, to her friend. <laughs> And then he's yeah he's trying to get basically and here's the, the where the the B plot comes in is where he was he's trying to go to the bathroom before this happens and prepare himself and he uh, ends up going to the upstairs bathroom after being allowed to by the host of the party and uh, then he he's in there and then at some point uh, Warren Ambrose's character of um, why do I keep forgetting the character's name? Um, uh, Denise. Denise uh, runs in there and then shuts the door behind her and the, the the door handle breaks off. So then they're locked in there together. Yeah. And hilarity ensues. It's, it's the no. bottle episode part portion of the film. <laughs> uh, you know, they're, they're, yeah, they're stuck together. And of course, we find out that they used to be friends when they were kids. So this this is like a conflict resolution type of um, you know aspect. Yeah, probably the most <clears throat> most character development in the whole film. Yeah, it is actually. I'm, I'm kind of making fun of it, but it's like the only time <laughs> we actually hear anything like you know emotional or just something that's like you know of a personal nature. You know, we find out that Kenny, you know, actually was kind of like a just like a a nice kid, you know, when he was younger, he was, you know, he was, he had a good heart and stuff, but, you know, when they went to junior high, he wanted to be cool, so he kind of just ditched her, you know, because she was, like, smart and, you know, nerdy or whatever, and didn't want to be associated with her. <clears throat> and he was trying to be cool. And really just became a, uh, white guy trying to act like he was stereotypical black right yeah <clears throat> and that's what she calls him out on that and he's like starts starts kind of reverting back to you know his his normal self or who he was you know before <clears throat> which you know it's not easy you know because like when you you know when a person that like, crafts a persona for themselves and they, they do it long enough that does kind of become a part of them even though it was like unnatural to begin with like now oh yeah becomes natural you know i mean this isn't my real voice so i don't know what you're you know it's not no i've, I've crafted this voice over uh 40 some years that's uh my my real voice is uh more uh more like this my name is mark no, but i i had to change it because I th this just sounds weird more like <laughs> Sean Connery? Um, sure. 
Sure, sure, sure. Oh, money penny. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, no. Um, but no, I mean, I know how it is. I mean, it's kind of like one of that thing, that thing where uh, you uh, you either create a persona or like if you if you're hanging out with somebody for a while, eventually you start to talk like them. Yeah, yeah. And then um, you know, so then you become that way, and then that's just who you are. <laughs> For a while, exactly. Until you get around other people, and then you're like, "Wait, that's not me." I'm talking like that dude I was hanging out with this weekend, you know, that sort of thing. But uh, yeah, I don't know. But yeah, they they basically end up uh, talking things out, and then eventually, um, he drops his persona. Uh, they both apologize for all the shit that they've done to each other over the years, and. Uh, kind of end up getting it on let's get it mm-hmm. on <laughs> <laughs> no yeah very very awkward which again though this you know is it, it's sincere it's it, realistic it, it was yeah <laughs> it was it was very realistic it was it was you know it looked like you know like oh there's actually is some some kind of character development in this movie then it ends and then they go back to you know um, william or whoever is getting drunk and yeah, at one at one point William becomes kind of like the life of the party because he is like a free spirit now because of all the alcohol he's drawing. And um, so the the band that was going to be there, by the way, the band was hilarious. That's another um, B C plot or whatever. Um, <clears throat> they, they, they they get they never they break play. Up before, <laughs> yeah, they never they break up before they even play because of creative differences. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, you have uh, Donald Faison and um, um, Breck and Meyer are in that band. Yeah, yeah. Breck and Meyer, who is married to one of the uh, one of the screenwriter and co-directors of this film. Awesome. Yeah, and also a, a '90s actor from that era. You yeah. know, you saw him in a lot of stuff during that time. Um, Rat yeah. Race, but that was kind of later. But yeah, <clears throat> and um. Yeah, both both uh, both Breck and Meyer and uh, Donald Faison were in Clueless. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, as was um, shoot. Uh, no, no, never mind. I was, I was, I, I thought um, I thought the woman from <coughs> Mom <coughs> was in um, Clueless, but I don't think she was. No. Okay. And she's not in this <coughs> either. So she is what the like the rich the rich lady from Mom is in this movie, like the blonde woman who's like, um, she's like she's sober. She's oh yeah, the, her. I gotcha. Yeah, yeah, I thought I thought you meant the main actress. I thought you meant Anna. No, Ferris. you probably listed girlfriend two or girlfriend three or yeah, whatever. she was. Uh, yeah, Jamie, Jamie Presley. Who, there you uh, go, Jamie who, Presley, who was also on uh, My Name Is Earl for years and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Joe Dirt, can't forget that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you can. You can. Yeah. I have. I actually like that movie. I like the first one, not the second one. I couldn't even watch all the second one. It was too terrible. I, I never even started the second one. Um, it, it was bad. I couldn't get past like 15 minutes of it. Maybe we should car- cover it for the podcast sometime. So maybe um, we should. <laughs> yeah, if you'd like us to, please uh, message us and let us know. Yeah. If you want to just so message well, us at all, because I'm I'm lonely, um, just message me. 
Just, just send them messages. Hey, I message you all the time. I know you do. I'm just saying, you know, come on, fans, message me. I'll send it off to Matt too. You know, just just message me. It's Mike at CullenPark.com. You know, just yeah, we'll do a like a CC conversation. You know, like we'll yeah, just, uh, yeah. <clears throat> you know, we'll 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 talk to you. Yeah. You know. The world's we'll figure a, it out. The world's a lonely place, Matt. It is so lonely. <laughs> I can't get it. Okay. Anyways, um. <laughs> so so uh. Yeah, um, yeah. William at one point gets up on on the stage then, and he starts singing, uh, um, "Welcome to the Jungle." No, Paradise City. Oh, Paradise City. That's right. Why am I thinking "Welcome to the Jungle"? Yeah. Anyways, I mean the same band. They're both. But yeah, they're both hits. Though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was he's sing, he's singing "Paradise City" by GNR. <laughs> Guns and Roses for the uninformed. Um, just letting you know um the uh so yeah the yeah so that's basically what happens there and then uh (laughs) (laughs) he gets up there yeah he makes out with like two or three women at once I think because they all for some reason they didn't really quite explain why well, they did it later on because they were like measuring his his uh, genitalia area from his pant outline. But that was even before that. They were like, they didn't really explain like why were they suddenly obsessed with this guy. That was whatever. Okay, they, I don't think they thought that one through, but whatever. And uh, <laughs> now there's uh yeah, I mean it was. It's just, uh, I don't know. It was interesting, but uh, <laughs> I don't know what I'm saying. But anyways, yeah, they, they the, so, so that, and then eventually he ends up uh, kind of befriending that night, um, Mike Dexter, who he he had <laughs> Wait, gone. Oh yeah, he he had gone to the party with his nerdy friends, and they were waiting for him up on top of the pool house to attack Mike Dexter, and then. Um, take Polaroids of him with one of his friends naked after they chloroformed him. Yes. Kind of a a homophobic type of undertone of, you know, yes. Like, you know, Oh, we'll get a picture with a guy. (laughs) Get it. Like, you know, yeah. 98. (laughs) Yeah. And Oh yeah. Um, back to the, um, when they were singing something, I noticed when, when, I mean, when, when, uh, when William was singing, there's a there's a line that he's he's singing along with the song. It's from the song. It goes, "Captain America has been torn apart. Now he's a court gesture with a broken heart." Um, right when that happens, they cut to the girls that are like obsessed with him in the crowd. The one girl is wearing a Captain America shirt. <laughs> wow! Like it's a shirt with the shield on it. Oh, okay. I don't know if that was intentional, but I just noticed it, and I thought it was interesting. Probably, it could have been, or it could have not been either. Yeah. It depends. Just a coincidence, <laughs> and it might not even be a Captain America shield, but it looks just like the shield. It's the star, yeah. with, star with the circles around it and everything. Yeah. <laughs> so, <clears throat> only a nerd like me would notice that. But, um... <laughs> so, yeah, um... Yeah, but anyways, it ends up being that, uh, William and Mike both get chloroformed by the guys... 
<laughs> and uh, the Polaroid's <laughs> taken of him, and then they realize, wait, that's our friend. Right. Like, this oh, this is after the party's been broken up by cops. Yeah, of course, the obligatory cop scene, you know. Because every party that you have in high school gets broken up by cops. Yeah. Exactly. They're like, we got to break up all these house parties. We got a long, we got a long night ahead of us. Every party. Every party. It's a lot of parties. It's a lot. Yep. Good times, man. I mean, I remember all those parties I went to in high school. Wait, I can't lie. I didn't go to a lot of parties in high school. They were just like, (laughs) (laughs) they were mostly cast parties for plays I was in. Um, I, I probably went to like maybe one. I wouldn't even call it a party. It was more of a get together. It wasn't so much of yeah. a party. <laughs> yeah, but all those cast parties I went to, you know, the cops never came. Um, no, <laughs> no. Especially since most of the cast parties I went to, the parents were there, and they were just we were just hanging out in their basements and stuff, and <laughs> nothing, you know. <laughs> nothing going on um <laughs> you kids yeah we we're just hanging out in the basement you know drinking orange soda it was nothing you know <laughs> so you know it's just the way it goes <laughs> that's right the way it goes so um i know why i did that <laughs> it's just the way it goes um go. <laughs> so yeah if you'd like to buy the soundtrack to our show <laughs> give us yeah, money. Man. Give us money to record it. Um. Anyways, yeah, um, do it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, go to our Patreon. Um. The uh. <laughs> so the uh, the number. Um. I mean that the the next thing that happens basically is um. Party's over. It's the next morning. <clears throat> I didn't miss anything else, did I? I mean, besides that, I mean there was a there was a run through well, joke with Melissa Joan Hart trying to get everybody to sign her yearbook but um that was but also too um we're, we're forgetting a few things um for one thing uh he um okay so Preston he's going to um you know give Amanda the letter right but right at the moment he was going to give it to her Amanda's cousin like forces himself upon her and kisses her but he thinks that she's making out with this guy so then he like leaves the party and then he's gonna go and he's listening to the radio and uh it says like it's uh Barry Manilow's birthday and that's why, you know, they're they're playing the song all the time. So he kinda feels yeah sad that it wasn't like a sign from God. I'm like, Really? What you really thought was a sign from God? But anyway, so um but then the well, DJ's like Didn't you know that's how God works? Yeah, well apparently. God actually, owns, God owns all the airwaves. Actually, is that a song? Is that a song lyric or not? No, but it should be. Oh, okay. I was gonna say that actually sounds like a good song lyric. But I got <laughs> But um, but anyway, um, <clears throat> that reminds me though, there actually is a um, a quasi spiritual. You, you might, because you, I know you like to research cults and stuff. You might, you might like this. It's a group called Ekenkar. Um, E C K, um, E N K A R or something like that. I forgot how to spell it. And um, it was it was like popular in the seventies or whatever and okay. stuff. They're not they're not really 
big now, but like one of their things was like like told like its members to kind of like like basically to kind of see every every type of coincidence as though it was like some like metaphysical sign. So like like if you heard like the same song on the radio two days in a row that like meant something like you know or like the the moment you turn on the radio and that particular song lyric you know like all this kind of stuff like that so like huh you know that's kind of what he was doing he was basically practicing this why am i i'm like getting too obscure here in this podcast uh it's, a, it's okay <laughs> matt it's all right um i mean we're talking about can't hardly wait i'm talking about fucking ekin car <laughs> it's the na- it's a natural but anyway it is for me. <laughs> for how any, my, my anytime, work. anytime you talk about a '90s movie, you end up talking about a a, a random cult, because like yeah, you know, you know, yeah. Every time I, I talk, mean, every time I talk about you know Clerks, somehow I end up talking about the Source family. I mean, it's just this weird thing. Right. That it, <laughs> As one does. You know? Yeah. Wait. What? <laughs> uh, what? I really need to buy the emerald mine though. I gotta get rich so I yeah. can just study holds. <laughs> so um yeah, the um the whole uh I don't know, like basically though, he, he has this letter, you know, obviously. He ends up throwing it away after she after he sees her being molested by her cousin in a teen comedy. <laughs> Through marriage, marriage. Still, <laughs> I know. That's what he said. Oh God, you're not gonna tell my parents about this, are you? Like, well, yeah, maybe. Ugh. <laughs> yeah. So, so then he he ends up throwing the throwing the letter away in the trash out front. <clears throat> um, there was that. Um, Melissa Joan Hart's character's yearbook got thrown away so she went out into the trash to look for the yearbook ends up turning on fate <laughs> by doing this the the letter falls out of the trash somebody has gum on their shoe and it sticks to that and then it gets stuck to a beer keg and then eventually it lands into a snack bowl in front of Amanda Jennifer Love Hewitt's character like it does you know like like it does yep and uh the soundtrack to that too they're playing Smash Mouth um uh Walking on the Sun or not Walking um yeah is that what that's called Walking on the Sun maybe I don't My, remember I don't remember that My, part <laughs> yeah that's the sound the, the, in, the instrumental not, not, not oh the lyrics, okay gotcha instrumental and it's just kind of I like that though because that that music really fits with like that whole that whole scene. I, I thought that was really cool uh, scene with the letter getting getting um getting back to Amanda and she's just sitting there, you know, doing her thing, pouting with her arms crossed because the director is like, "All right, we're just gonna let you be seen and not heard in this movie." So you know, <laughs> that's what we're paying you for. So it's, you know, it's Hollywood for you. It's you know, <laughs> and we're gonna put you as the main character on the poster um yeah yeah, yeah exactly <clears throat> so yeah they uh yeah so, so eventually she finds that letter and then is going to look for Preston and asks around everybody if they know who Preston is talks to a couple of uh stoned guys 
a young Jason Seagull before Freaks and Geeks and before, you know. <clears throat> yeah, maybe right around the same time as Freaks and Geeks because that was right around, right around there. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, it's also after uh, SLC Punk, I think, or right before it, right around the same time. Anyways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and they're uh, they're basically talking about, you know, that he's a he's a guy with hair who's kind of tall, who <laughs> sometimes wears t-shirts. <laughs> I love that that scene. <laughs> it's like he's like you know he's kind of kind of tall, you know, like and she's like all right, so he's kind of tall. He's, he's sort of tall. He's like kind of. <laughs> you know, like, like he has to correct her. Like, no, not sort of. He's kind of tall. Come on, you gotta understand if you want to these a pothead conversations. <laughs> you know? Yeah, that so so she goes looking for him and then uh while she's looking for him, Mike tries to get back together with her after having a conversation with uh Jerry <laughs> O'Connell <laughs> in a cameo role. Yep, Slider's fame, and as well as, you know, a bunch of other cool shit. Stand By Me. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, Scream 2? Yeah. Or was it Scream 3? No, I forgot which one. Was it Scream 3? He was in 2, I think. It was 2, okay, yeah, yeah. And then, uh, bunch of- and then uh, also, you know, he was in Jerry Maguire, you know, different things. Right. Married to Rebecca Romaine. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yep. That's cool. Formerly Rebecca Romaine Stamos. Oh, that that one. Yeah. So he he uh you know <clears throat> he stole a girl from John Stamos. Not too many wow. guys can stay See, that say that. <laughs> I, I like I like it when you I like it when you mention when when a guy is married to a famous woman, you know, because usually it's the other way around. We're like, oh, she's married to. Yeah, you know, so and so, like, like that's her whole identity. You, you flip, see, man, like, just like the the, the Spider movie, like, you're like a you're like a proto feminist man, and you flip it on its head, like, no, he's married to Rebecca Romaine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes. <laughs> who who people know from the X Men movies and uh, and um, Star Trek Discovery and uh, the Librarians and other things. She's. Librarians, yeah. Yes. I still gotta pick it. I gotta check that show out. I've never seen it. It's good. I need, to, I, need to, I need to finish it. Um, yeah. Anyways, uh, so yeah, that was one of the other cameos, though. Though is Jerry O'Connell. Um, he plays like this washed up, like um, football star or whatever, this popular guy who who's a freshman in college. Did, he did the same thing that um, Mike Dexter did. He broke up with his girlfriend because he wanted to be free or whatever and he's basically like the cautionary tale of like this is what happens you know <laughs> yeah because that's how it happens wait yep <laughs> that's the other thing too so like if you you know if, if, if you don't have a girlfriend then your life is just completely shit which again that's kind of like a stereotype because then that kind of like on the one hand that kind of makes men like look like really sloppy but like in a really weird insidious way it also kind of still puts women in, in like the role of caretaker like oh well they'll fall apart without me so i need to drop everything to you know take care of this guy or whatever like interesting a <laughs> uh, little tidbit though uh jerry o'connell is younger than peter facinelli oh really 
Wow. It's like, yeah, he it's, like a, it's like a year, but still. <laughs> They're, well, they probably made him look like drunk and just kind of unkempt. Yeah, and, yeah well, know, they, like, well they, they were all, uh, you know, everybody was like in their 20s back then anyways, playing teenagers. So right, exactly. not a single teenager in this movie, I'm sure. So um, <laughs> the only one that looked like it could have been a teenager was Jennifer Love. Who, he would, I, I don't think she was either at that time. Probably not. Probably not. She was... It was ninety eight. Was yeah. that her first movie? No, she's she was in a she she has been acting since she was like child, I think. Oh, okay. She was Yeah, no, she started back in eighty nine on the T V series Kids Incorporated on Disney Channel. <laughs> okay. And then she was in, you know, like Party of Five and uh Yeah. Oh, she, okay. Yeah, she she's done a lot. I mean her first movie was Dance Workout with Barbie <laughs> in 1992. Wow. And then she was in a movie called Munchie. Munchie? Yeah. Then in 93, <laughs> she was in Sister Act 2. She was in the movie House Arrest. We got to watch that for the podcast. Have you ever seen the movie House, House Arrest? Ar- Wait, she was in House Arrest. Wait. Yeah. Um, shoot, what, what is that movie about? That sounds familiar. What is it's, that? It's about him. It's a movie where basically uh, these kids kidnap their parents. Yeah, <laughs> I remember that movie. Yeah, and it, yeah, ta- yeah. it takes place in Defiance, Ohio. Um, I can imagine that, that town sucks. But it's also a term, you know, basically I think it's a play on the fact that it's defiance defiant yeah right i'm sorry i didn't mean to be I, i've just driven through there a few times there's like nothing there's yeah like there's like a there's a some fast food restaurants and you know, like, yeah and, and i know what you did last ca- summer was the same year as this movie though too anyways oh, okay <laughs> yeah they do have a captain d's though fish place so that that's cool because they don't have captain d's here anymore in toledo that pissed me off so if you want captain d's you can go to defiance if you live like in the ohio you know, Northwest area take about an hour to get there, but you get yourself some Captain Deeds. So there's that. <laughs> Sorry. Or you could just eat something else. Anyways. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I'm so positive. Anyways. um, <laughs> I don't like seafood. So um, <laughs> the, the um, anyways, uh, back to the movie. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. There is no Captain D's in the movie either, so. No, not. There's a, there's a restaurant, but it's kind of like a big boy knockoff called Johnny's or something like that. So, um. Yeah, that's where they hang out, at, you know, the, the next morning. So. Basically, anyways, that, that letter ends up getting to. Uh, oh, 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 yeah, wait, um. Peter Facinelli's character, like Dexter, tries to get back together with uh, Julia. Um, with uh, with uh, with Jennifer Love Hewitt's. I almost said Julia Louis Dreyfus. That's different. <laughs> they're different people. Amanda. They're different people, yeah. right? No. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're very much different people. <laughs> they they both have ones, like three, three names. 20, but... Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> um, yeah, but Jennifer Love Hewitt's character, and he tries to get back together with her. And uh, she basically just tells him off in front of everybody. And then 
you know, a very insensitive thing, which I had to rewind to make sure I heard some random girl in the crowd yells out fag. Yeah, everyone cheers and laughs at that. It's like, ah, he's gay because yeah. he yeah, tried it's... to get back with his girlfriend and she said no, so that makes him gay. That's how it works. Huh? That's how it works. Like, I, like, I, like, I didn't understand the logic of that in that i mean it's still a bad word no matter what but i just don't even understand like i don't get it like you know (laughs) well well it's like uh i think it was um kumail nanjiani was talking about like when he was in high school he had like a uh backpack that was kind of pink but uh so because he had this pinkish backpack everybody called him gay (laughs) okay and and his response was it's not pink it's salmon and somehow that made him more gay, um, in right. their in their eyes. Because he knows the exact, <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. But that's just the way kids are. They just, yeah, you know, they are. <laughs> I mean, I had blonde, blonde, natural blonde highlights in my hair, and kids in grade school called me fogey, like old fogey, because they thought it was gray hair. <laughs> and this is when I was in like the seventh grade. Or sixth grade or something, you know? So it's just how kids are. I'm not bitter about that at all. <laughs> wow. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> it's fine. It's they call cool. me old fogey, Mac. That's such a weird... Like, I know. That's like what old fogey would do, would call someone fogey. Like, yeah, know? that's what they called me. They would just call me fogey. And I'd just be like, what the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck are you talking? I had people that would tell me weird shit, too. <clears throat> I don't even remember half of it anymore, but was, I'm like, where do you guys come up with this stuff? <laughs> like, they don't get it. But, uh, yeah, so they call him the F word, then they all laugh. But also, too, we're forgetting when when um, Preston, he, he's going to go try to call um, Barry Manilow on the, uh, from the DJ, from the radio station. Because he wants to ask him what the meaning of Mandy is, because Denise told him it was about his dog. Yeah, and he has so a he wants ra- to make- random, random encounter with uh, an angel. Yeah, uh, played by um, uh, shit. What's her name? Um, Jenna Elfman. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. From Darby and Greg at that time, and yeah. uh, around that time. Yes. <clears throat> Who is who, who is only uh, a couple years older than Peter Facinelli? I just right. I just had to point that out. <laughs> I mean, it looked, it looked like it. Yeah, yeah. She's a she's a dancer. You know, he calls her a stripper. She corrects in the sense that she's a dancer. And, uh, and of course, you know, it, again, it's late nineties. But I, I didn't. I I do notice this shit now as I watch older movies of like, like. Like what character is centered and like whose whose needs are centered more than others type of thing. So like, and you know that just just could be just me just getting older and growing up a little bit. But like, so like you know she had a really bad night at the club. I mean like, yeah. forty men were groping, groping her, grabbing her butt. Which again you know just because you're at a strip club doesn't mean that you can just do whatever you want. There there are rules and uh you know they just decided that there there weren't any rules you know when it came to her <clears throat> so 
she just wanted to go home, but her car broke down, and and he's he's making the whole thing about himself, and then, you know, she says one little thing about you know that kind of you know upsets him, and then he like you know becomes all sad and like oh uh, you're right I am a total loser, and then she then has to like you know basically like you know succor him, you know and it's like objectively she's got the worst you know, night going on. Yeah, like, but it, but I mean, in, in all fairness, the movie's about him. I'm not yeah, trying true. to I'm not trying to downplay a woman's plight because I honestly think that that's important. But what I'm saying is, maybe she's having her own little movie somewhere. Yeah, true. <laughs> and this is just a yeah, side scene in her movie. movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a side scene exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know, but but anyways, uh, she basically tells him, you know, sets him straight about love and stuff like that and tells him to go out and get Barry Manilow. And, um, yeah, yeah. I love that part. You go call Barry Manilow and tell him how you feel. Yeah. Cause she had a crush on Scott Bayo. Yeah. Which is unfortunate, um, for how he turned out to be, but <laughs> yeah. Kevin Spacey, Scott Bayo. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Kevin Spacey's worse than... Yeah, I'm, I'm going to say that, too. Just because Scott Bale likes Trump doesn't mean he's a... He's, he's, he's worse. He's not a, a pedophile. A he's not a, He's not an accused pedophile like uh, Kevin Spacey. Right. So I'm just going right, exactly. <laughs> to... Just yeah. want to make that clear. I'm not... Politics suck, but... Yeah, I'm but... not going to say anything. I don't think... I don't... But, but actually, no, wait. He did get accused what? of... Yeah, anyway, so... Oh, he did? Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. He, oh, he, yeah, you're right. He did get accused of some stuff when he was on Charles in Charge. Oh, shit. From when he was, yeah, by uh, Nicole Eggert. So, anyways. Um... All right, well, well, fuck you, Scott. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah. And these are all accusations, people. I'm not saying any of this is true about either Kevin or, right. or Scott. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah, the um... – but, but anyways, uh, basically – he just he ends up letting it go basically in the end because he comes back to the party and tries to tell her how he feels because she's looking for Preston. But at this point, every guy at the party is trying to sleep with her. Right. Because that's what you do right after somebody breaks up with their boyfriend. Well, of course, if it's Amanda Becker, of course, apparently. Well, yeah. <clears throat> um. Somehow. Well, it is Jennifer Love Hewitt in the 90s. She was like one of my first crushes. Anyways, um. Not first, probably one of my major crushes in high school. But uh, the um, <laughs> but yeah, <clears throat> but she has such a great personality, and um, in the movie, in this movie, yeah, this movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, so basically, we've got um, him telling that, and then uh, he tells her, and then she basically just tells him off. Because everybody else has been trying to get with her too, so right. Then we we fast forward a little bit. Uh, um, Kenny and Denise had sex. Um, Denise is coming to say goodbye to uh, Preston in the morning at the uh, restaurant. They say goodnight, um, give me goodbye and everything, and he makes fun of her for getting with. Uh, Kenny. Uh, he leaves to go to the go to the bus station because he's gonna head off to uh, 
go somewhere to meet Kurt Vonnegut. And uh, then uh, Amanda Becker meets him at the bus station. And uh, they they kiss and they get together. And everything <clears throat> is happily ever after and the two nerds get um, beamed up into space. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, somehow. And then, like it happens in these movies. Yeah, it's weird. Bonwater, it happens at the... Well, at least they mentioned UFOs at one point in that movie to to make sense of it. Well, I guess they did X-Files. I guess that kind of was a, yeah. you know, whatever, precursor or something, but... <clears throat> yeah. Anyways, uh, let's take our second break here, Matt. It's getting really late in the show, and then we'll come oh, back. Sure. We'll come back with a little bit of trivia, and then we can uh, wrap things up. Cool. Hey, folks. This is uh, Michael E. Cullen II um, from the podcast that you're listening to right now, along with Matthew Haas. We just wanted to tell you about our great, great podcast Super. called Super. It's called All Too Real. And on that show, what what do we do, Matt? We we watch biopics and then we talk about whether or not the movie matched up with the real story or not. So we that's we, a lot we, more exciting than that though. Yeah. So so, so so we we analyze the real story and the real story. Get it? Get it? Real. You know? Yeah. They're, they're spelled differently, folks. Yeah. You can guess which one I said which way. Uh-huh. Anyways, um, so uh, sometimes we have a guest, sometimes we don't. Um, but we uh, talk about great, great, uh, great movies like uh, Shattered Glass yes. and The Social Network and. Uh, a futile and stupid gesture, among others. Um, those are some of the ones that we've covered so far, and uh, we're going to cover a lot more. So uh, please uh, subscribe on Stitcher, um, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you uh, find your great, fun podcasts. And be sure to share it with your friends. Do it. Do it. Do it. And make sure you're not afraid to get all too, too real. Bye bye. And we are back. 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 My name is Mike, as you know, and Matt's here too. Um, Eid. So, oh, this was actually, okay. Here's some trivia about this movie that we can end things with here. This is actually the film debut of Jason Siegel. Oh. Did not know that. Um, so it must have been bef- right before SLC Punk. Yeah. I'm assuming. Um, this was Charlie Cormos, who played Williams, first and last on-screen appearance since Hook in 1991. Hmm. So, yeah. He was attending MIT when he was offered the role. <clears throat> I know he went on to, like, work, I think, in politics or something. Which guy? Charlie Cosmo, who played William. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he did. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, he did go to MIT. Um, Melissa Joan Hart was filming Sabrina the Teenage Witch at the same time, so she had to uh, take the small part of Yearbook Girl. Um, she took B12 <laughs> vitamins to stay energized during the all-night shoots. And admits that Jennifer Love Hewitt was skeptical when she offered them to her because she was convinced they were drugs. <laughs> um, 
Ethan Embry claims to barely remember filming this movie because he was so stoned the whole time. <laughs> um, as I said before, Brecken Meyer is married to uh, Deborah Kaplan, one of the uh, co-writer, co-directors of the film in real life. And he is also uncredited mm-hmm. in the movie. He doesn't get credit for some reason. Um, the title is a reference to the song Can't Hardly Wait by the seminal 80s rock band The Replacements. Mm. Um Um, there's no songs from them in the movie though is there, are there replacements I think they might have it at the credits I'm not sure though um, oh, okay. at one point there's a distance shot showing someone doing flips in the party's yard that's actually Ethan huh? Embry in addition to acting he was an award winning gymnast from a very young age oh wow Adam Hannah Bird Adam H- Hannah Han not Hannah Adam Han Bird um, was originally cast as William, but after a couple of days of filming was let go and replaced by Charlie Cosmo. Um, one shot of him is left in the film, but he is uh, carrying a ladder and his face is not visible. This is the same actor. I he saw was... that. What's that? I saw that guy. No, oh, did you? Yeah. His, uh... Yeah, I care no. Yeah, his, um... His most famous role was Little Man Tate, that actor. But yeah, but he, hmm. I guess it didn't work out, so they replaced him. Um, the uh, the fraternity on Trip McNeely that is a uh, um, Jerry O'Connell's character's polo shirt is uh, Delta Iota Kappa, which is Dick. <laughs> <laughs> wow! Um, yeah, four of the cast members appeared on the television series Six Feet Under: Lauren Ambrose, who is one of the main actors on it, Freddie Rodriguez, Peter Facinelli, and Eric Bellafor. Mm. Um. Ethan Embry's character, Preston Myers, confesses to be a big fan of Kurt Vonnegut Jr. At the uh, end of the movie, um, uh, his yearbook quote is, uh, Beware of all enterprises that require new clothes by (laughs) Thoreau. Um, And this is also featured in in Vonnegut's book, Welcome to the Monkey House. (laughs) Stoner guy talks to watermelon guy about Velma from (laughs) Scooby-Doo. And says uh, she was a hip, hip lady. In the movie Dazed and Confused, the stoner Slater says the exact same thing about Martha Washington. Wow. (laughs) Um, At one point, Denise says, don't look back. You should never look back. This is a quote from Don Henley's song, Boys of Summer, which was released in 1984. Wow. The film takes place on Wednesday... June 17th, 1998, which is Barry Manilow's 55th birthday. Mm. Uh, the um, Ethan Embry has never seen the movie the whole way through and didn't even read the entire script. He only read the scenes his character appeared in. <laughs> the... Um, Yeah, the uh, William Lichter was supposed to take a shot of tequila, but to maintain the PG-13 rating, they had to digitally replace the tequila glass with a lemon in post-production. Weird. I got to rewatch that movie and see if I can notice that. Um, 
Yeah, this is this is actually the film debut of a Melissa Joan Hart as well. Um, yeah, um, Mar- uh, Marisol Nichols appears in this movie, and she had previously played uh, the sister to Ethan Embry in Vegas Vacation the year before. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I love Vegas Vacation. That's a good movie. Um, yeah. Um, Stoner Guy makes reference to Velma from Scooby-Doo being underappreciated and hot, and Watermelon Guy agrees with him. Jason Siegel was actually dating Linda Cardellini at the time, who would go on to play Velma in, in the Scooby-Doo movies. <laughs> Interesting. Um, yeah. The... Um, Um, the film's the film features Blink 182's song "Damn It," and while watching this film, lead singer and bassist Mark Hoppus or Hopus, whatever it is, um, was also inspired to write um, to write the song "Going Away to College." Mm. Okay. <laughs> um, Um, Jenna Elfman makes an uncredited cameo as the angel stripper who actually cites herself as a dancer in real life Elfman is a classically trained ballet dancer (laughs) Um, the uh Um, while filming the final scene of the party meant that there was a chaotic destruction of the house, the directors uh, gave the go-ahead to completely trash the place. This involved the cast and crew pulling out drawers, dropping food all over the floor, messing up the carpets, and someone spray-painting this party sucked on the front door. This all happened in one hour. Um, Yeah, um... Jennifer Love Hewitt gave Ethan Embry a teddy bear full of breath mints for their climactic kissing scene. He says every, <laughs> everyone on the set knew he uh, spent most of the time smoking pot in his trailer, and she wasn't too keen on kissing Embry, who described himself as a skunk-scented scent- chimney. He said he gladly wow. used the breath mints as, as they alleviated his cotton mouth. Wow. That's hilarious. Okay. Yeah, like... I like how he was like the actual stoner in real life, but he plays like a straight laced, you know, yeah. type of dude. Yeah, that's funny. He comes off like a stoner in real life, though, so it makes sense. <laughs> oh, okay. When I've seen him interviewed, but anyways, that's neither her nor there. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, final thoughts on this movie here, Matt? I I just think it's good. It's funny. It's a good fun movie to watch, like with by yourself or like with some buddies or whatever uh you know you don't really have to think about it too much it's not it's not really a deep movie in any sense of the word um, it's just like you know just kind of like a slice of life story kind of like bond water is but more mainstream uh you know it's it's definitely not like not like that movie <laughs> but, yeah i definitely i mean i i like it i think it's 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 a good 
time capsule of its time as opposed yeah. to a time capsule of another time yeah yeah exactly wait it's not, what it's not like it's, it's not like you know making sand castles and sand you know it's just like yeah <laughs> or or like how water is very wet and um yeah <laughs> wait <laughs> the, but, uh, um so yeah the uh yeah, I mean, I I highly recommend the movie. I think it was great. Um, um, one thing, um, you know, before we go, I've got a, I'm gonna put some uh, links. I gotta find a couple, and I mean, I already have, but I'm by the time you listen to this, um, ways that you can uh, help out people right now. I'm gonna put them on a few of our recent episodes. Uh, pe- people out because of uh, COVID nineteen, and um, also ways that you could help out people, um, that are currently protesting the uh the inequality in this country right now you know through black lives matter and things of that nature and ways to help uh you know people through like the innocence project and things of that nature because yeah there's a lot of shit going on in this world and i think that any way i can help i you know i'll donate myself but the thing is is like if you need if you want to donate please just check out the links and uh do so I mean, if you don't trust us, research the whatever we share of yourself. And if you don't want like those, just help out, you know, some kind of charity in any way you can, just because it's a good thing to do. Yeah. So anything else before we go, Matt? Nope. Actually, maybe I'll play. I'll play us out. Maybe is that that good? That's good with me. Okay. So this is a tuning that my youngest niece did to my guitar when she she broke in and she took my guitar and she just started she's only three years old mind you and this is what it sounds like got some interesting progressive rock type of king crimson tuning here and i've been trying to write a song with it and it's um it's definitely uh definitely different it's not it's not for like mainstream ears but hopefully not too too um too grating on the ears so you need to name it after your niece i will so i'll just give this a little whirl and we'll and we'll see we'll see where it goes all right
Thank you, everybody. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to All Too Real 2 Podcast, a Cullen Park production. Produced and edited by Michael E. Cullen II. Music by Matthew Haas. Subscribe and share the show. Visit us at cullenpark.com.